Yeah, so well, it wasn't even anything wild. I was like, I've definitely gotten drunker. I've definitely had crazier like mixed drinks because you know how they sometimes yeah. say don't mix your liquors it was yeah, just like rum and drink tequila beer and yeah yeah just so i mean it was knows? not fun though you should have seen i was like just waking up and steph walks over to my side of the bed and it was like you okay and i was like i have a headache and she was like oh my god you're hungover she was so excited and I was like, this is like, rude. And were they like that loud when they yes. said that? Yes. So that probably didn't it help was obnoxious. your headache at all. Oh my God. You're like. They oh, were smiling, oh. filled with glee. And I was like, this is so rude. You're, like, I, you're lucky I love you. Yeah. Otherwise, this would suck. <laughs> and then we went to go eat brunch. And I was like, I kept cringing. And I didn't know why. And she was like, oh, that's allowed. Like the. the yeah, the uh, clatter. Forks and the plates. Hey, Going to brunch with a hangover is probably the worst thing you could do because that's always that same like ceramic plating, mm-hmm. the fucking like I don't know. I'm picturing a Denny's that you guys went to <laughs> or some shit. It was, like, it was a little fancier. A little fancier, okay. But yeah, I was like, man, this sucks. You got the clatter of the silverware. Like <laughs> the best way to nurse a hangover from my experience is like a breakfast burrito that is wrapped in just a nice quiet yes. wrapper. <laughs> and then you can just quietly eat that and like it a was... pint of water with you. Oh, water has never tasted so good. Oh, so... Yeah. So brunch was good because I did get a burrito. Steph got hash browns. So I got some potatoes like from a really good brown. diner. Got some coffee. Drank so much water. Came back and just was on TikTok. That's fair. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Keeping up with all the... I only learned about the no bones thing like two days ago. Oh, and everyone's like, oh, it's a no bones. It's a bones day. And I'm like, noodles the really took the about? world by storm. Noodles, noodle, singular noodle. I think it's just noodle. Noodle. <laughs> but like, I instantly became that meme of like Walter Wright, White and Jesse. And like, Jesse's like, it's a no bones day, Mr. White. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Out of context, this was very confusing. It is. And I'm it- like, and even like, explaining like, it is kind of weird. And I'm going through like my for you page on TikTok. I'm like, I gotta find this. I gotta find this thing. <laughs> Did you just organically find it? Uh, no, I had to have someone yeah, tell me. I had... <laughs> that was like Couch Guy. Did you hear about Couch Guy? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I <laughs> might <only> t- in. <sighs> oh, Paul, let me tell you about what the cool young kids are doing. <laughs> oh God. I was on my TikTok for you page and it was all reactions slash memes slash recreations of Couch Guy. And I had not seen the original. I just keep seeing. And I got got so annoyed with it. I was like, I need to look it up. I need to know who Couch Guy is. And it was like this this girl came home to surprise him. Now I know what you're talking about. And he like didn't react with, and there was some shady business apparently with, the with other girls in yeah, on the couch there was okay. like a phone pass uh, oh couch guy wow couch guy <laughs> can you imagine still being in college at this time <laughs> in the oh, time of time. couch guy <laughs> oh but yeah that's I, i'm i saw your pics from that night and i'm it sounds like you had a lot of fun it was really fun i needed to get a good dance in 
And that mm-hmm. DJ was killing it. Some people dressed up as Troy Bolton and Chad from High School Musical. The DJ was spitting like Britney Spears and like all the gay tunes. Mm-hmm. And it was outside under a full, not full moon, almost a full moon. A full yeah. moon. Yeah. <laughs> we were Miguel and Tulio, got some compliments. <laughs> yeah. Since this is uh, the episode before Halloween, do you know what you're going to mm. be? You're going to do anything? I'm not doing anything. Eat some thing candy. Is, I have no, honestly, if I was, I'll definitely eat some candy. Some well, of those thing pumpkin is, I'm going to get things. my. <laughs> <laughs> Paul had it right there to his side, pulled it right yeah. up. Every time I've gone to the grocery store, I've seen them <laughs> and I've been like, I'll take one bag. And then the <laughs> next time I go to the grocery store, I'm like, time to get my bag. Of- this is a bottomless pit of candy it pumpkins. Is, it is. My dentist is going to hate me the next time <laughs> I have to go to see him. He's going to be like, what the fuck have you done? And I'm like, Halloween. that's over happened. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I have that. I, I don't have a social life out here in Springfield. Oh. I guess that's another reason why I need to move to L.A., uh, Do I need so to I give can... you more reasons? I think you have so many reasons. You already have so many reasons. <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it's partially me being like, okay, and then me like looking at prices, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. But I guess if I get a decent job out there, who knows? Uh, but yeah, hopefully. And then I could go dancing with sometime with you guys, and yeah. you can see my terrible white man dancing. Where Dance I just, with us like, and the rest of the gays. Work it. Shitty hangover over some canned drinks. Yeah, oh boy. Canned drink. The fact that it was canned drinks. That yeah, that's it. why people were like, oh, you must have like went drink. crazy with the drinks. And I was like, I really didn't. It was canned. Really stupid. I'm like, that's moonshine territory that you should have been in. Uh, um, we have another costume planned for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Is it Look at you guys going out and doing stuff. Oh yeah, this episode will come out before Halloween. No, the yeah. listeners, the listeners can get it. They get it. Treat. I can always, I can always edit it out. No, they, they deserve it. They deserve it. If they listen All to right. this podcast, they get the secrets. Yep. We're gonna be Cosmo and Wanda. Oh my god. We got spray paint and everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming Steph is Cosmo and you're going Correct. Wanda. Correct. <laughs> We're excited. Oh man, fairly odd parents. What a throwback odd reference. Parents, fairly odd parents. Yeah. It's still going. Really? Think. Okay. We need. We'll we'll do this for the end. I need to show you the new theme song. It's not good. It's not. Good. Thing is, I feel like they're going down the same path as SpongeBob, where it's like you guys <laughs> really should have decided. Hey, here's where we're ending it. Yeah, I haven't but seen I any new Spongebob money. stuff. I know they have, like, spinoffs. They, like they have a spinoff. And yeah. I'm like, why don't you just pee on the grave of Steven Hillenburg <laughs> while you're at it? Because the man did not want that. Uh... <sighs> All right, before I get mad, let's <laughs> let's begin. Let... Before I get mad the... or miss out on another TikTok thing. <laughs> can you hear the dishwasher at all, or is it fine? No, your audio is perfect. Sweet. All I can hear is you. Good job, Mike. Good job. All right. All right. Three, two, one.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of Silly Marillion, the podcast where I, Paul, a lifelong fan of Tolkien, introduce Tori, someone who has never read Tolkien in her life, to the Silmarillion. Tori, welcome back Hi, to the Land of the Living. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me this week. Well, thank you. Well, this week. I'll always I'll have you any week, Tori, oh. because you're so such kind. a good you're such a good co-host. <laughs> uh, and honestly, it's always nice to have someone who doesn't know what I'm talking about so I can explain <laughs> things. But you're yes. a really good explainer. Well, really I'm, good storyteller. I, we need to play Monster Prom again. That was so much we fun. We need to play Monster Prom. I really just want to do a D&D campaign with you and Steph at some point because <sighs> the little bit I got from our one shot I'm oh, like, I'm man, glad. these two, you guys bounce off each other so I'm fucking so well. I'm so glad. I still feel like I'm play. kind of new to D&D, so I still get like a little nervous. So like, thank you. That makes thing me feel is, though, like, yeah, like, I think the only thing with being new to D&D might usually be rules related. Because more mm -hmm. often than not, when people are new to D&D, I've seen plenty of them just role play off the bat and that's like 50, for me that's 50% of D&D &D. so also maybe it's kind of just intrinsic to us because we grew up playing Harry Potter Lord of the Rings playing, like pretend. playing yeah. fantasy pretend and this is just playing pretend for adults it really is <laughs> so we have to I I currently have a D&D &D game going but like I might look into maybe see if you and Steph want to guest at some point oh, though you'd have yeah. to yeah, what is the time zones? Oh, well, it's always uh, noon my time on okay. Sundays. Oh, dope. So it'd be 10 your time on Sundays, but like you don't have to drive anywhere. You're yeah. at your home. Scott I guess the audio set up for both of you so we could hear both of you well. Did could you do it earlier time? today? I guess it's been a no, few hours, huh? uh, Because uh, Connor, he's one of the Oh, he's in Cali. He's here, right? He's in, <laughs> he's in well, my no. state. He's driving. He's not driving. He's flying back today. Uh -oh. But he was up by San, Fran in San Francisco mm -hmm. visiting aunt and uncle and with horses. Oh, um, fun. Just all the fun. But like, uh, like we're, we were leading up to this big boss battle that's going to happen next Sunday oh, with snap. this eight foot tall elf knight woman in black oh, armor that they're uh, facing. Hot. Oh, Mommy, sorry. And she's, Mommy, and she's got, and she's got trauma too. Oh so, no! Like, every lesbian dream. No, Paul. You know I love the bad girls with trauma. Thing is, thing is, that's why you should play D and D with me because <laughs> oh, I can I give know. you this shit. I know what the lesbians want. <laughs> I'm that fucking like entire storyline oh. in like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David where I'm a friend of the lesbians and I'm and like we appreciate you Paul we appreciate honestly, you <laughs> I appreciate you guys I'm like no one gets me like the lesbians oh. get me <laughs> anyway uh. but yes welcome everyone <laughs> to the Silly Marillion uh, today we are going to be continuing Oh, our man. tragic tale of Turin Turambar, this this by disaster. Uh, um, so last time, I know you have notes, Tori. Can you tell Dongley. me what we what happened last? <laughs> time? Let me just read my notes 
word for word. Oh, uh, good. It's funny because they're like half, um, half of our podcast notes, and the other half is like work notes. So <laughs> it's like dwarves fuck remember, up the dragon. Dwarves fuck up and the then, dragon. Remember to email so and so. And then four lines down, it's like, oh, email about Pitbull and his dancers. <laughs> Dwarf Pitbull. Mr. World Rot. <laughs> Mr. Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my main points was this. Uh, oh, Gondolin shows up to battle. G- yes. Gwyndor's brother is captive. Is that the name? Yeah. G- Gwyndor. Uh, yeah. Human betrayal and a very sad face because that was some brilliant fucked up shit jimmy where they like wasn't melkor told like one of the human groupies if you betray in battle i'll give you everything you want and then they did and then the other they started attacking the other humans who were still on their side yeah and they were like attacking they attacked the elves and then the elves didn't know which humans were betraying them so they, so they killed other humans. humans it became oh. really complicated Brilliant. Tragically brilliant. But yeah, that... Uh, that that yeah. whole battle happened. Uh, Huor was killed, and Hurin, his brother, was taken yes. captive. And Morgoth's have, like, hey, tell me where Gondolin who, is. Huor. Whore. Whore. That whore. Melkor's literally like, there's a grave. <laughs> on it says whore and you're going in it <laughs> made just for you um, I for have you. dwarves fuck up a dragon which was really super dope and that then they do. Turin throws goblet at racist yes uh, so Turin son of Hurin he basically uh, when Everything's gone to shit. Like his dad's a POW in the worst possible sense. Um, his mom is like the the betrayers have been given his homeland, and have now kind of made all any of the remaining populace of his people basically slaves and servants. Uh, they don't touch his mother though, because uh, there's a rumor that she's a witch because she's a wise woman, and oh. they're like, don't fuck with her. She's a witch. Uh, if you do anything, she'll like fuck you up. But they also have no support because it's literally just them. And so uh, the mom, I think there's this whole thing with uh, Turin has a little sister, but she dies. Hmm. Uh, and he's broken up about it because he's very close with that little sister. And then when his mom is pregnant with another little sister, um, uh, like, she and Hurin did the do before he went off to war. Mm. And now there's a bun in the mm. oven. Um, but as, as, soon as, sadder. as soon as yeah, the pregnant mom finds out, oh, my husband's gone, we're going to be invaded, she immediately has her son sent to Doriath because she's like, once the oh, Easterlings yeah. get here and find out who my son is, they're going to want to kill him. Mm-hmm. So she sends him to Doriath because she's like a cousin of Baron. She's like Baron's like first cousin or something. And she's like, hey, remember this great hero of old? Yeah, well, I'm his cousin and this is my son. Can you t- please take care of my son? Does he have the ring? 
uh, the so Ring of Barra here? Yeah. No. I believe the Ring of Barra here is 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 Baron's. Baron has it. Oh, still with Baron. Baron's still chilling. Still with Baron. They're still yeah. like being happy. It's it, this Baron's like this is Baron's like this is my thing. I get to keep this ring. I'm the heir of Bear here. So Baron has it and then he'll give it to his son Dior when he dies. Mm. We'll then also I have like it. But that. um Dior. Uh the but Hannah Montana boy. Yeah, the Hannah Montana boy. Who <laughs> apparently Racklaw says is just mortal. People don't get the choice until later yeah. on. Yeah. But which, um his which is kind of weird both mortal now, so it's kind of like Yeah. Kind of see that. Which is kind of weird because eventually he does become king of Doriath, and it's like, wait a minute, this mortal is going to rule over these elves, but oh. they like him enough apparently that they make him king. <laughs> but um, anyway, honorary anyway. immortal, honorary, he's an honorary <laughs> immortal, part time. Get immortal. any of the perks? You just get the. Title. He's working part time as an immortal. You know, <laughs> he doesn't get the health care. He doesn't get the benefits. Um, oh. but uh. Yeah, so sends him to Doriath. Thingol has really done like a 180 on humans where he's like, oh, I love humans. Come on in. And he's like, he starts treating Turin like a son that he never had. Oh, yeah. And this other elf gets really jealous because he's a racist and he's like a fucking human. And Turin comes back from a battle and he's like, look how fucking, look at you. You're looking jank, my dude. And Turin <laughs> just hucks a goblet at his head. I love it. I love um, it. Ratchet. That's the word I was looking for. Ratchet. <laughs> looking ratchet, my dude. <laughs> that is exactly what Tolkien wrote in the Silmarillion. <laughs> this valley Did you know girl there's ass. A, there's a rewrite of the Silmarillion in like present day slang on AO3. Fuck off. Yeah. Is there, are we going to have yeah. to do a reading? I'll send you the link. Probably. Oh, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't. Oh, God. I don't know if my heart can take it. <laughs> but then again, it'll probably be easier to read than the actual thing. Maybe I should read it to you. For the next one, I'll, I'll find oh some Oh, my God. We can do that as like a special episode where it's like. For ooh, Ethan at the end only. Of, for the subscribers. End, yeah, for Ethan only. <laughs> we just invite them in to call with us and we just read to them. Uh, but um, yes, so. Uh, after Turin hucks a goblet at this guy, the guy's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna ambush this piece of shit," oh, and yeah. he Didn't does. He run through the forest or something. Yeah, he he ambushes Turin, but he's really bad at it. And Turin just literally takes the sword from him, <laughs> makes him strip naked, and chases him through the forest. Yeah, that's but then he falls down a ravine, even more while naked, uh, and dies. And this is just as some elves come upon them and they see this and the captain's like, hey, come back to Thingol to accept judgment. And Turin's like, nope. And he runs. Uh, and so he joins a band of outlaws who are like remnants mm. of humans who are managing to survive in this now chaotic world where like Morgoth yeah, world has... Is very sad right now. Honestly, there's no shield holding back Morgoth anymore. Doriath is kind of like an island in the storm at the moment. And a lot of places, like, you could be a farmer, and then one day just a band of orcs can just come on in and, Ugh. like, rampage through your land and then leave, and you've got nothing. 
So a bunch of them turn to out uh, being outlaws, and they will attack anyone, man, dwarf, orc, whoever, just to survive. So they're a very mm-hmm. sketchy group. Uh, and so he joins Ooh, with the them. Dark Ages. Yeah. But uh, Thingol eventually is like, ah, I miss my son. And he's like, Belig, you're gay for Turin. Why don't you get my son? And Belig's <laughs> like, yes, I am gay for Turin. I have a mission for you. I will. I will go get him. So the sexy silver-haired elf goes out to find his Hell dark yeah. and brooding human. <laughs> uh, and that's where we left off. God, so, I love those tropes. Honestly, like, and it's like, oh, this isn't gay. And it's like, <laughs> well, we sure will make it. Um, but uh, as... So Ballet goes off to find Turin. He uh, eventually finds the outlaws. And he tells him of... Thingol's pardon. And mm. he's like, hey, come back because orcs are becoming are becoming a real problem and we also need help. Please come join our war. Thingol's forgiven you. He didn't even hold a grudge against you at all. No one gave a shit that you killed that guy. <laughs> he was a piece of shit he anyway. Was come on anyway. Back. <laughs> come on back. And uh but Turin is too proud to accept this pardon. And he's like, uh, if I come back, everyone's going to say I only got away with it because the king likes me. Like, he's so, like, I, I killed a man. A I'm, I'm hard now, Beleg. I'm a hard <laughs> man. The world is cruel. I, I will killed live. a man. I will live. You accidentally chased him into a chasm. Like, yeah. Like, and so Beleg's uh, like, well, fine. Uh, you're fucking stubborn, so now it's my turn to be stubborn. If you want me by your side, come find me. And he's like, I'm gonna be fighting orcs over there. And Turin's what? like, Well, fuck what are you. These games they're playing? If you want my me by your side, and you're like, these two boys definitely have history. But he's like, Fuck you. If you want Tension. me by your side, find me. And he just kind of looks into the middle of distance and he sees this hill in the distance with red on top, a bunch of red flowers growing on top. He's like if you want me, find me uh, uh, over there. I'm on roof. <laughs> he's like, he points at that hill. What is this gay shit? <laughs> Honestly. Find me in a bed of flowers. <laughs> uh, so Beleg returns to Thingol, and Thingol literally says, what more would Turin have me do? <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> forgave him murder. What else does he want from me? <laughs> And, uh, but literally, let me read this gay shit for you. (laughs) Give me leave, Lord, said Beleg, and I will guard him and guide him as I may. Then no man shall say that elven words are lightly spoken, nor would I wish to see so great a good run to nothing in the wild. And he's basically like, I want to go back. I love him, Papa. (laughs) I'll go back. I'll guard him. I'll protect him. I'll guide him. Like, it's gay. Gay. Gay Gay is a jaybird. Um, Was it two guys sitting in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay? Yeah, except, yeah, oh my God, you could totally draw that with Turin and (laughs) Beleg, but they'd be getting closer every time. Hey, listeners. Hey, talented artiste listeners. (laughs) Oh, they're such a cute couple. It's it's the idea of one person being brooding and a downer, and the other one being like, "Hey, it's my favorite trope." 
It is. It's the it's best stroke. Brilliant. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter who it's who it is doing it. It as long as yeah. they're doing it. Ugh. Good trope. <laughs> it's the goth and prep duo. That's all we need. Good versus era. Good versus heroes. That's the same thing. Heroes. Good versus heroes. <laughs> Good versus evil. What is it? Friends mm-hmm. to enemies. Got a little catcher and a door. Yeah. Steph and Tori. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, Fingal's like, hey, I really appreciate you doing this for us, looking after Turin, because he's like, I did swear to his mom that I'd keep him safe. <laughs> And if word gets back to her that I didn't, I'm going to feel really bad. He hasn't and really done so much. He's, he's like, just like sent other people to go find him. And he's like, take any weapon you want from my armory, except my own sword. <laughs> oh. And he's like, and I will give it to you. But wait, and so Turin what, is still, quick, think, he's still off gallivanting with the bandits. Yeah, Turin is still off. And so Thingol's like, but Bellig's like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to protect him with my life. Oh. And Thingol's like, okay, take any weapon you want from my armory to go protect him with. Now, I'm going to give you a lineup of swords and you're going to try to decide which one you think Bellig's going to oh, choose. Oh, okay. One, a very elegant sword, very kingly, with like gold etchings on the hilt and runes going down the Ooh, side. Beautiful. A great dwarf sword, uh, very strong and noble and unbreakable, with uh, very kind of intricate stone craftwork in the hilt. Okay. Or the severely cursed black sword <sighs> that was made by Aeol, the dark elf. And is apparently capable of speech, but is constantly looking for lust and lusting for revenge. And Wait, things. did you just say the sword is looking for speech? No, it has. It's capable what? of speech. Okay. He, now, which sword he do you think should it's pick be? the first one, but I have a sense you're going to mm-hmm. tell me he's going to pick the second one. <laughs> Wait, this sword can talk? Let me read it. It, it. it does, eventually. Then Belek chose Anglachel, and that was a sword of great worth, and it was so named because it was made of iron that fell from heaven as a blazing star. It would cleave all earth-delved iron. One other sword only in Middle-earth was like to it. That sword does not enter into this tale, though it was made of the same ore by the same smith. Oh. And that smith was Aeol, the dark elf, who took Arathel, Turgon's sister, to wife. Uh. He gave Anglachel to Thingol as fee, which he begrudged to, uh, for leave to dwell in Dan Elmoth. But its mate, Anguriel, he kept until it was stolen by Maeglin, his son. Oh. Wow, I recognize those names. And I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, so it's like this pitch black sword that looks very creepy, and he picks it, and Melian literally tells him, there is malice in this sword. The dark heart of the smith still dwells in it. It will not love the hand it serves, neither will it abide with you long. Why did Thingol even give that as an option? (laughs) I don't know. He said, any weapon you can take, and Beleg, himbo that he is, like, points at, like, obviously cursed omen ass sword and goes i'll take that one and melian's like like, are you sure he has a type he like i like my sword like i like (laughs) my men (laughs) 
dark, brooding, and cursed. <laughs> Killed oh my it. God, oh. But yeah, he like he like points at that one. He's like, I want that one. And Melian's like, You're sure? And he's like, Oh, I'm Are sure. You positive. And she's like, I am a goddess, and I can tell you <laughs> that is a whack ass sword, and it will lead to no place. good. And he's like, Nah, I want it. I oh want Lord. it so bad. And so Thingol's like, Cool. And uh, so she's like, Fine. If you're gonna take that curse thing, at least let me give you something. And she gives him Lembus. Oh, hey, is this the first mention of Lembus in the Silmarillion? Uh, in the Silmarillion, wow. yeah. Uh, and this is because at the time Galadriel is living in Doriath with her husband Celeborn, who is from Doriath, mm. and she like hangs out a lot with Melian, and it's Melian who kind of passes on this duty of the queen giving Lembus mm. to travelers. And that plays into things in Fellowship yeah. of the Ring. Wow. So he now has a cursed sword and some Limbus bread. And, and, and tasty bread. <laughs> oh, boy. And so Beleg leaves. The sword sounds like an NPC. Kind of is. But it's like a really shitty NPC that you want to constantly get rid of. So anyway, uh, when Beleg... So this is going back to when Beleg just left Turin. Mm -hmm. So Turin and Beleg split and Turin leads his band off and they come across some dwarves. Uh, three dwarves. And uh, two run away and they shoot at them with arrows and they capture the third, which is like this old scrawny dwarf named Meme. Neem? Or Meme? Meme. I think his name, I think the pronunciation is Meme. And it's... So I guess when you're listening at home and you're picturing this dwarf, just picture Doge, but with like a like big beard, and that's meme. Meme. Um, meme the dwarf. That's such a cute name. I'm so used to all these like complicated elf names, and then you have meme. 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 <laughs> meme. Meme. Anyway, but. Uh, Meme is like, don't kill me, please don't hurt me. I, I can lead you to places with jewels and gold. Please don't kill me. And so Turin's like, okay, well, where's your house? And Meme points at that hill with the red flowers growing at the top of it. And he's like, it's under there. Okay. And uh, Turin's like, okay, take us there. And so Meme leads them to uh, Amanuruth, which is this hill. And it's like this very big hill. Uh, here, there's a picture of it. Let me show Ooh. you, at least. This is useless for people listening, but this is for Tori. You can Tori. hear my oohs so, and ahs. Oh, that is a very big hill. It looks kind of like a mountain. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. a mountain, basically. But Was that, it's called And a you hill. said that's red flowers at the top? Yes, those are a bunch of red flowers that grow mm. at the top. Um, And it, I believe Ruth means red, I believe, in job, uh, Jimmy. Elvish. So I think... <laughs> I think that literally is just it. Am, am, am uh, it's kind of Amon Ruth. Amon uh, means hill. A red hill. Um, red hill. Sounds like a romantic uh, like, place um, to meet your lover in with the fellowship of Fellowship of the Ring. You know that hill that Frodo gets stabbed on? Oh, he got stabbed so many times, but yes. 
by the ring wraiths. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that that's called Amon Sul. Oh, the Sul Black. Because it's a hill and Sul. No, it's not. I think Sul means like spooky sight or seeing because you're able to look oh. around. Actually, one sec. I'm gonna look this up. What does Amon Sul mean? I'm gonna say it means Amon Sul. Amon Sul. Weather top. Uh, the first time I watched Lord of the Rings, I was like, "This this Frodo dude, it's just a long movie of him getting stabbed and grabbed, or grabbed and stabbed." Kind of, it really kind of is. Oh, he's getting stabbed. Ah, yes, Amon Sul is translated as "Hill of the Wind." Of the wind. Because I guess weather top. Oh. Hill of the wind. Cute. They're related, <laughs> I guess, because it's very windy up there. Um, but yes, anyway. Uh, they go to Amon Ruth, and as they're approaching the hall of Meme, uh, <laughs> another dwarf rushes out to talk with Meme. This other dwarf kind of talks, and like all of a sudden, Meme gets very distraught, and they go in, and Turin follows them, and he sees uh, one of the dwarves that had run off is dead with an arrow in him. Oh. And Turin is like, who is this? And he's like, this is my son. Meme is like, this is my son, Keem. <laughs> Wait. Keem, son of Meme. Meme's son? Yeah, oh, Meme's no. son. Keem. And well, he says, uh, Meme looked at, up at him and said, you can give no aid, for this is Keem, my son, and he is dead, pierced by an arrow. He died at sunset. Ibun, my son, has told me. Then pity rose in Turin's heart, and he said to Meme, Alas, I would recall that shaft if I could. Now, Baron Denwid, the house of ransom, this house shall be called in truth. And if ever I come to any wealth, I will pay you a ransom of gold for your son, in token of sorrow, though it gladden your heart no more. Then Meme rose and looked long at Turin. I hear you, he said. You speak like a dwarf lord of old, and at that I marvel. Now my heart is cooled, though it is not glad. And in this house you may dwell, if you will, for I will pay my ransom. Hmm. And so, essentially, memes like, I'm not as pissed with you anymore because you've actually showed remorse for, you know, killing my hmm. son. I'm not happy right now, as you can imagine, but you can stay here and I won't begrudge you that. Wow. And so, uh, Turin speaks long with Meme, and now we get to learn that Meme is a petty dwarf. Uh, the petty dwarves are dwarves who were basically exiled from the dwarf holds for some reason or other. They didn't say why they're and exiled? No, just they, they've been exiled hmm. and stuff. Uh, and they kind of, they're not really good at crafting anymore. And they do just a lot of hiding and such. Um, and elves used to hunt them, basically, oh. before they knew what they were. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he also finds out that Meme is uh, in, is very old, even even among dwarves. Oh. So he's more like four hundred or five hundred years old. Okay, Meme. He's ancient. Been around for a while. He's been kicking around. He's seen, he's seen some things. And so, uh, winter comes and then passes, and Beleg rejoins Turin. Here at the Red Hill. Yep. Here at the Red Hill. And uh, 
he brings uh, Turin the dragon helm of Dimbar, which was his father's. Mm. And he's like, hopefully this will cheer you up, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Nothing cheers Turin up. But he's it's just like, angsty Thanks. boy. But Bellic's like, hey, come on. Uh, come back to Doriath. And again, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And Bellic's like, okay, well, fine. I'll stick around. Hmm. And at this point, uh, over the winter, like, Meme and Turin had bonded and had become very good friends. Aww. But now Meme sees this elf, and remember, elves used to hunt mm-hmm. petty dwarves. He sees this elf coming, and he feels like he's taking away his friend Turin. Mm. And so he's like, oh, I hate this elf. I hate him so fucking much. I get that, I get that. Look at this twig. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so at this point, uh, the... There's some tension. Tension in the Red yes, Hill. Yes, there's, there's, there's tension. And eventually at this point, Morgoth starts sending more and more orcs into the land. And eventually Turin gets persuaded by Belek, hey, at least use your forces of like outlaws to just solely fight against orcs instead of everyone. Is Morgoth so weaker at all? Because he has one less Silmaril? No. He is weaker, though, because he's put so much of his evil into other servants he's made. Like He is hmm. weaker now that he's made the dragons. Hmm. Spread um, his evil wealth. That's very horrible. Yeah, there's, there's a a finite power in him. And so he is the evil fossil kind fuels. Of, he, yeah, running out. He, he's non, his evil is non-renewable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and so, but yeah, like they use, uh, Amon Ruth as like a base and then they go out and attack orcs and such and then come back. But eventually, Meme and Ibun, his last son, are out, like, foraging for berries or some shit. And orcs capture them, and they kill Ibun. No, no, not his other son. Poor guy. Or do they kill Ibun? Oh. I think they just capture them. JK, false alarm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, they're taken captive by orcs, and immediately Meme caves. And it's like, hey, I can show you the secret place that I know of. Uh, I can I can lead you there, and so the orcs are like, "Fine, lead us to the secret place." Oh. And so he leads them to the top. He leads them through secret places into the hill, and a battle takes place between the outlaws. And I believe Turin is away at the time. Where? No, wait. Turin okay. is there. Turin is like, what there. good is he being in this band aid? We're not going to help. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, he told them, like, hey, also, I know where Turin, son of Hurin, is. You can capture him. And so they throw a net over Turin in this battle, and they take mm-hmm. him away. And uh, the outlaws essentially all get slaughtered. Oh. And, like, they make this last stand on top of the hill among the bloody, oh, no. like, the, the red flowers. Now it's red because of the bloody. And that's where they die. Oh, yeah. Uh. And Meme's looking through, and he finally sees one body, and it's Beleg. But Beleg gets up, because he was just pretending to be oh, dead. Oh, clever boy. And he chases Meme off. Meme was about to kill him, but, like, Beleg, like, gives him, like, the oh. look. <laughs> and Meme gets scared, and he runs off. 
And Balak's like, hey, Turin's vengeance will catch up with you, little man. Oh, man. But uh, Balak looks around, sees everyone is dead. He takes what uh, supplies he has, and he's like, I'm going to rescue Turin. I'm going to ride off and rescue Turin. So steadfast. I don't think Turin deserves it at this point. (laughs) He doesn't deserve your love. But um, he's not carrying any of the weight in this relationship. I feel like it's your turn to, you know, carry yeah. some of the weight. He needs to do some of the chasing. Just at least do the dishes <laughs> after dinner, please. At least. Uh, but um, he chases after Beleg. Uh, sorry, Beleg chases after Turin, who's been captured by orcs, and he's on their trail. And eventually he comes across this very emaciated figure nearby. And he stops and sees that it's an elf who is incredibly emaciated. And he shares his lembas with him. And he's like, what's your name? And he's like, my name is Gwyndor. I was uh, an elf who fought in the last battle. What? He's the one whose brother got killed in front of him. And then he got captured after all his men were killed. And he's alive? And again, Morgoth is doing that thing where oh. he treats his prisoners badly and then just sends oh them out. And because everyone is now so distrustful yeah. of the other prisoners who've been let go, Gwyndor can't return home. So he's just been wandering the lands, <sighs> basically waiting for death. That's so sad. And is so he an elf? Uh, he's okay. an elf, Gwyndor. Yes, he's an elf of Nargothrond. Um, and so. Beleg's like, I'm I'm sorry uh, uh, about this, uh, but come with me. I'm going to rescue my friend. And then after that, we can find a place where you can Aww. be safe and reside. And Gwyndor's like, okay, well, I, I, I did see a band of orcs come by just the other day. And I think they had a man with them as well. He was very dark-haired and brooding. And Beleg's like, that's, <laughs> that's my, my boy. boy. <laughs> um, that's my boy. Uh, and so they pursue them into the hills of Dorthonion, which are just right next to the wastes of Anfauglif. And, uh, there that night, uh, the orcs have been torturing Turin. Of course. And they kind of bind him and take him away. And it's this, it's in the middle of like this great thunderstorm. And Beleg like kills all these wolf sentries that are going about mm. sure and silent. Hot. And he and Gwyndor sneak up to Turin. Beleg pulls out his sword Anglikel and starts to cut the bindings of Turin, who's like in a daze. And just then lightning strikes, and as lightning strikes, Beleg's hand slips Ooh. and the sword cuts Turin a bit. Ooh. And Turin wakes up terrified, thinking it's the orcs coming yeah. back to uh harass him again. So he grabs the blade, Uh-oh. takes no. it, and jams it into Belly. What? Bellic. Is he dead? Don't tell me he just I'm about to be so distraught. Belleg drew his sword Anglikel, and with it he cut the fetters that bound Turin. But fate was that day more strong, for the blade slipped as he cut the shackles, and Turin's foot was pricked. 
Then he was aroused into a sudden wakefulness of rage and fear, and seeing one bending over him with naked blade, he leapt up with a great cry, believing that orcs were come again to torment him, and grappling with him in the darkness, he seized Anglicel and slew Beleg Cuthalion, thinking him a foe. But as he stood, finding himself free, and ready to sell his life dearly against imagined foes, there came a great flash of lightning above them, and in its light he looked down oh, on Beleg's face. Then Turin stood stone still and silent, staring on that dreadful death, knowing what he had done, and so terrible was his face lit by the lightning that flickered all about them, that Gwyndor cowered up down upon the ground and dared not raise his eyes. He just killed Beleg. Ugh. Oh my god. And Bellic dies. Call him heartbroken. <laughs> Don't set me I up with this, this up love so story much, for it I? to end like this. It gets no. worse. <laughs> it get... and... I, I don't think it could get worse. Remember when we first started this podcast and I was like, this is awful. And I didn't think it could get worse. And then it got worse. <laughs> and it just keeps getting worse. Then, then it did. Oh, I really liked it. It did get worse. Yes. So essentially, Turin falls into this just, he shuts down after what he's just done. And so it falls to Gwyndor, this poor elf suffering permanent PTSD. I know. He grabs Turin by the hand as like, Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Because the orcs are starting to wake up. At least make his life worth something. Uh, and so they hide. And the orcs were looking around, but they couldn't find him. So they just straight up left. And they, they basically return to Morgoth empty-handed. And finally, Gwyndor has Turin. Like, they come back to where they hid Gwyndor's body. And they bury it. Uh... But the dread sword, you know that super cursed sword? Turin takes it. No, Gwyndor takes it. Gwyndor takes the sword. Okay. Uh, Saying, better it would that it should take vengeance on the servants of Morgoth than lie useless in the earth. Mm. And then this fucking thing. Thus ended Beleg's strongbow, truest of friends, greatest in skill of all that harbor in the woods of Beleriand in the Elder Days, at the hand of him whom he most loved, and the grief was graven on the face of Turin and never faded. The one he most loved. Paul, I'm going to cry. I think Beleg is not my favorite person. Beleg's strongbow, Stan. Oh, I'm gonna need to find some like fanfic to feel better about this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm sure you could find some good stuff. <laughs> right? There has to be somewhere. And <sighs> so, at this point, like a, a power kind of fills Gwyndor, where he hasn't had it before, and he's like, "Let's just get out of there." So he literally leads Turin by the hand out of there to this place called the Pools of Ivrin, which are like this natural spring. And finally, like, he gets there, and he's fed up. And he says, Awake, Turin, son of Hurin Thalion! On Ivrin's lake is endless laughter. She is fed from crystal fountains unfailing and guarded from defilement by Ulmo, lord of waters, who wrought her beauty in ancient days. 
Then Turin knelt and drank from the water, and suddenly he cast himself down, and his tears were unloosed at last, and he was healed of his madness. There he made a song for Beleg, oh, and he named no, it Lair Beleg. Yeah, he sings. He makes a song for his dead boyfriend. No. <laughs> Lair Kubeleg, the song of the great bow, singing it aloud, heedless of peril. This is romantic as fuck. It is. Like, the fact that he's emotionless until he reaches this place, and then he just breaks down and lets it all out. Uh. Uh. And so, Gwyndor gives him the black sword, and like, I'm not much of a warrior anymore. I am emaciated. I have PTSD. (laughs) He really does. Go to retirement home and just play bingo for the rest of his life. And Turin's like, who are you? And he's like, I used to be Gwyndor. Now I'm just a wandering elf. Mm. And he's like, I'm just your companion. But he's like, I was enslaved in Angband. And Turin's like, do you know my dad? It's like inverse fucking Finding Nemo. It's like, have you seen my dad? (laughs) And he's like, no, but I heard a rumor of him. And uh, he says, I I hear that uh, Morgoth has laid a curse on both him and all his kin. And Turin just says, that I believe. Very cursed. He sounds very cursed. And he has a cursed sword now. Great. They go to Nargoth towards Nargothron because they're like, hey, let's just find a place where we can just not be scared for our lives at every fucking waking hour. And so they come and they don't recognize Gwyndor at first, the watchers. He's been through some shit. There. Because he left like young and handsome and like Probably ready like to really fight. strong and yeah. yeah, and he comes back withered and cowering Prisoner and just very afraid. Yeah, return. He returned now, seeming as one of the aged among mortal men because of his torments and his labors. But Finduilas, daughter of Ordredreth the king, knew him and welcomed him, for she had loved him before the battle. And so greatly did Gwyndor love her beauty that he named her Faelerivin, which is the gleam of the sun on the pools of Ivrin. For Gwyndor's sake, Turin was admitted with him into Nargothrond, and he dwelt there in honor. But when Gwyndor would tell of his name, Turin checked him, saying, I am Agarwain, the son of Umarth, which means bloodstained son of ill fate, a hunter mm. in the woods. And the elves of Nargoth- Nargothrond questioned him no more. But he basically tells Gwyndor, hey, don't tell anyone my name, because that name is cursed, and I think if it gets mentioned at all, my curse will find me. So what's his new name? Uh, Agarwain, son of Umarth, which is Bloodstained, son of ill fate. Which, if you're an elf, and someone's like, my name is Bloodstained, son of ill fate, and you're like, wow. No, not cursed at all. That's fucking metal, dude. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at that black sword you have. Fucking uh, metal, dude. He definitely do not have a dark backstory. Perfectly fine. It's like, wow. <laughs> Someone's goth. Uh... But eventually... He kind of joins the elves of Nargothrond in like defending their borders, and he wins great renown. But Vindulas, this uh, like girlfriend of Gwyndor, who welcomed them back, she starts noticing him, 
And she's like, oh, wow. He's really attractive, isn't he? Wait, starts not- noticing who? Turin. Oh, okay. Because she's like, ooh, he's dark and brooding. <laughs> Always got to go for the bad boys. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and uh, and Gwyndor is kind of annoyed because he's like, she's my girlfriend. Come on. Isn't there an uh, age difference here? There's always an age difference. Well, with <laughs> elves, it's always like thousands of years. Um, uh, but he says, uh, Daughter of the house of Finarfin, let no grief lie between us. For though Morgoth has laid my life in ruin, you still I love. Go whither love leads you, but beware. It is not fitting for the elder children of Luvatar to wed the younger. Nor is it wise, for they are brief, and soon pass, to leave us in widowhood while the world lasts. Neither will fate suffer it, unless it be once or twice only, for some high cause of doom that we do not perceive. But this man is not barren. Uh, but this man is not barren. A doom indeed lies on him, as seeing eyes may well read on him. But a dark doom. Enter not into it. And if you will, your love will betray you to bitterness and death. For hearken to me, though he be indeed a Garwain son of Umarth. His right name is Turin, son of Hurin, whom Morgoth holds in Angband, and whose kin he has cursed. Doubt not the power of Morgoth Bauglir. Is it not shown in me? Then Fendula sat long in thought, but at last she said only, Turin, son of Hurin, loves me not, nor will he. Hmm. And then Turin returns. Because his true love is Beleg. Yeah. And now Turin returns and... Fendulas tells him, like, hey, I know you're Turin and son of Hurin. He gets fucking pissed at Gwyndor. And he says, in love I hold you for rescue and safekeeping, but now you have done ill to me, friend, to betray my right name and call my doom upon me from which I would lie hid. But Gwyndor answered, the doom lies in yourself, not in your name. Ooh. Burn. <laughs> and so... Like it soon gets out that hey, this is Turin, son of Hurin, and he gets he gets great honor because Hurin was such a great war hero, oh. and Orodreth, uh is like oh my god, holy shit, like because he's a really good warrior too, and he has like really good tactics and stuff, and he leads them in great battles that they win, and so like the secrecy of Nargothrond is basically. Like they get rid of that, and instead they start challenging Morgoth in open battle, oh. and they build a mighty bridge in front of Nargothrond, where before you had to like go by these secret pathways to reach Nargothrond, but now that they built this bridge, you can literally just go right to it, hmm. and so it's not secret anymore. They're like, come out and play, Morgoth, which is worrisome, but. My favorite character is already dead, so whatever. Uh, and now by this time, uh, Morwen has gone with her daughter, Neonor, who's now like a teenager. And they finally arrive in Doriath after leaving their homeland. And uh, they arrive in Doriath, but they find out that Turin is gone. And... Uh, but they stay there, and Morwen is treated with honor, and they're like honored guests, and they stay there. But like she's really depressed because she's like, "Where's my fucking son?" 
Where's mm-hmm. my boy? Mm-hmm. Messengers uh, come from uh, Círdan, uh, the one of the oldest elves in Middle Earth, who lives by the shores of the sea and has like constant conversations with Olmo, Lord of Waters. Casual. And the messengers, just casual. They're boyfriends. <laughs> um, but like the messengers say, they come to Orodreth and they're like, hey, okay. Nargothrond has been safe for so long because the waters of the river Narog that run by it have been blessed by Olmo. However, mm. the headwaters, the like springs and stuff have been held in the hands of Morgoth for so long now that they can't protect you anymore. So oh. you guys need to go back to being a secret place. You need to destroy that bridge and you need to live in secrecy again. And Orodreth is like, okay, maybe we should. But Turin is like, that's cowardly. Fuck that. No, we're going to fight them. Look, Turin, just, just shh, stop. Stop while you're ahead. <laughs> and Morgoth is like, hot damn. Because he's like, there they are. And he sends this big army with Glaurung, the father of dragons, leading oh, no. them. And like so many elves get slain. Of course. And Turin's like one of the few who's able to withstand him because he wears this dwarf mask in battle that protects him. Hmm. Uh, but Gwyndor is wounded. And Turin kind of grabs him and puts him on his horse and rides away. And but oh, Gwyndor no. says to him, Let uh let bearing pay for bearing, but ill fated was mine, and vain is thine. For my body is marred beyond healing, and I must leave Middle-earth. And though I love thee, son of Hurin, yet I rue the day that I took thee from the orcs. But for thy prowess and thy pride, still I should have love and life, and Nargothrond yet stand a while. Now if thou love me, leave me. Haste thee to Nargothrond, and save Fendulas. And this last I will say to thee, she alone stands between thee and thy doom. If thou fail her, it shall not fail to find thee. Farewell. And so he dies, and Turin quickly like hastens to Nargothrond, where the orcs have actually arrived, and they've already begun to sack the city. Oh, God. And he sees them leading away a bunch of captives, with Fendulas being the last one. And he raises his sword to strike, but just then Glaurung emerges from the caverns. And he looks into Turin's eyes with his. And dragons have this thing where if you look into your eyes, you fall under their spell. Oh. And he just holds him in gaze while the elves are just led past him with Fendulas begging for help. And Turin just standing there, like, sword aloft. He can't do anything. They're just having a see-who-blinks-first battle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Glauron kind of taunts Turin and says... Evil have been thy ways, son of Hurin, thankless fosterling, outlaw, slayer of thy friend, thief yeah. of love, usurper of Nargothrond, captain foolhardy, and deserter of thy kin. As thralls thy mother and thy sister live in Dorloman, in misery and want. Thou art arrayed as a prince, but they go in rags. For thee they yearn, but thou carest not for that. Glad may thy father be to learn that he hath such a son as learn he shall. And because Turin is under his spell, he treats these words as truth, where he's like, oh my god, I've Uh-oh. abandoned my mother and sister. They're back home in Dor Loman. I'm arrayed as a prince, and they're just slaves. 
I have to go back and get them. Turret is pissing me off. And by now, the orcs have led their captives away while Glaurung's still there. And then Glaurin uh, withdraws his, his gaze and waits. And then Turin kind of stirs. And then uh, he kind of leaps at the dragon with a cry. But Glaurung says, If thou wilt be slain, I will slay thee gladly. But small help will that do to Morwen and Neonor, your kin. No heed didst thou give to the cries of the elf woman. Wilt thou deny also the blood of thy bond? Ooh. Uh, and Turin draws back the sword and he stabs at the dragon's eyes but Glaurung like recoils away from him and says nay at least thou art valiant beyond all whom I have met and they lie who say that we of our part do not honor the valor of foes see now I offer thee freedom go, thy, uh, go to thy kin if thou canst get thee gone and if elf or man be left to make tale of these days, then surely in scorn they will name thee if thou spurnest this gift. And so Turin kind of runs and he pursues these orcs. What no, not the orcs. He goes, he goes to Dorloman. He doesn't even pursue the orcs that have Fendulas. He, pers- he goes to Dorloman to find his mother and sister. Yeah. Ugh. And he gets there and he learns from... Uh, a servant in the house who was a friend of his mother and sister that they're not even there anymore. Of course not. Why are you going to listen to a dragon? Speaking evil. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I'm stressed. He, he, all of a sudden, he has this black rage where he's been betrayed, like, he's been tricked and he gets so fucking pissed that he slaughters this entire hall of Easterlings what? who are feasting what? in his father's hall. It's the Easterlings who came and, like, took his father's oh. hall. And, like, after the servant tells him, he slays all these Easterlings Jesus. in the hall and then leaves. He's on a rampage. He is. He's a little cursed. He is very cursed, and I have a little... And he looks for Fendulas, uh, and he comes to the forests of Brethil, where, remember that warrior woman? Uh, uh, I should remember a warrior woman. Her dad was Haldad. Mm. Her brother was Haldor. And her name was Haleth. Her name was Haleth. I was going to say, it should probably start with a Hal. <laughs> yeah, it was Haleth. Uh, and she then led her people to live in Brethil. Uh, they came, uh, the orcs were trying to pass through Brethil, but the woodsmen of them, of that forest attacked the orcs, but then the orcs refused to surrender their captives. So they slew their captives before they were killed as oh, well. Damn. And so they found Fendulas pinned to a tree with a spear Ugh. and she was still alive when they found her. Ugh. And she had, she just told them, tell Turin that Fendulas is here, and then she died. Ugh. And so then they kind of bury her in this barrow on this hill. Turin eventually comes to this forest, and the people tell him what happened, and he's like, lead me there, and they lead him there. Mm. And he's just depressed, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to live here now. <laughs> I'm going to live amongst the woodsmen. I'm going to help protect them. Wow. Because where else do I have to go? What home do I have? Yeah. yeah. So, God, this is such a long fucking story. It's, this is a We're sad done. story. We're almost oh done. God. We're almost done. Does it, is there any happy? 
don't no there isn't there isn't any happy (laughs) so word comes to doriath that nargothrond has been destroyed and since that's the last place where turin was morwen is like oh my god i have to go get my son and thingol's like bad idea don't go but she's like i'm going and Uh. so he's like well take some guards with you to keep you safe oh wait no she goes without them she just rides off Mm. and then he sends uh mablung who was a captain of his guard i believe like mablung and belig were like the big two in doriath Mm. and he sends mablung after her uh and he but he's like neonor hey you're just you're a young woman stay here uh, but it says, yet the fearlessness of her house was hers. And in an evil hour, in hope that Morwen would return when she saw that her daughter would go with her into peril, Neonor disguised herself as one of Thingol's people and went with that ill-fated writing. Ooh. And so they finally ride out and they come across Morwen on the plains of Narog around Nargothrond. But that's where... Glaurung the dragon has made his abode Mm. and he causes this fog to cover the entire plane so that people get lost from each other great Bermuda Triangle Part 2 mm-hmm and he comes upon Morwen and Neonor who are being guarded by these soldiers Uh, but the soldiers try to run but they get killed and Morwen kind of runs off into the fog and is never seen again oh while Neonor is alone on this hilltop surrounded by fog. And then she sees these two scarlet orbs bobbing up and down, getting closer and closer. Suspicious. It's the eyes of Glaurung as uh, he approaches her. Great. And she meets his gaze. She, like, looks right back up at him. Because she is from the house of uh, uh, Beor, like, the first humans to live with elves and like her cousin is Baron who like went to the and so she meets his fucking gaze feeling mighty and but he he just puts all his power into the gaze and so she's kind of struck dumb all of a sudden and so that she does not remember anything oh she's like a child again oh god he laid a spell of utter darkness and forgetfulness upon her so that she could remember nothing that had ever befallen her, nor her own name, nor the name of yeah. any other thing. And for many days she could neither hear nor see nor stir by her own will. Then Glaurung left her standing alone upon Emen Ithir and went to the Nargothrond. Now Mablung, who had uh, greatly dared, uh, uh, d- with great daring had explored the halls of Felagund when Glaurung left them, fled from them at the approach of the dragon, and returned to Amon Ithir. The sun sank and night fell as he climbed the hill, and he found none there save Neonor, standing alone under the stars as an image of stone. No word uh, she spoke or heard, but would follow if he took up her hand. Therefore in great grief he led her away, though it seemed to him vain, for they were both like to perish in the wild. Uh, But they were found by Magblin's companions, and so they slowly start to return to Doriath. But then one night they get attacked by orcs, and Neonor, who doesn't know what's going on, she's just scared, and she runs. She basically runs and then collapses on top of where they buried Vindualas. And it's in like a middle of a thunderstorm that she's like alone and scared 
on this hill being pelted with rain that a bunch of figures come upon her. And it is Turin with the woodsman. Oh, is he going to do and good? And they're like, who is this strange girl, we have, this strange young woman we found? Is he going to be helpful? And they're like, we'll take her back. You'd hope, because it's his sister. <laughs> uh, but he, he doesn't know it's I was gonna say, his sister. Cause, no. Um, and that's, that's Neonor? Yeah, Neonor. Yeah. Uh, I believe, like, yeah. I believe her mother was pregnant when she sent Turin away. I think there's mm. like a seven-year difference between the two of them. But uh, he leads them back. And for some reason, she feels comforted when she's near him. So she stays with him. He kind of keeps Neonor by his side and teaches her stuff. And he falls in love with him. What? Okay, hold the phone. Hold the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He falls in love with her or she falls in love with him? She falls in love with him. And then he... They don't really know who they are. Yeah. He's like, this is just some strange woman we found in the wild. Is this whole thing turn is cursed? Cursed. And he eventually falls in love with her. Oh, no. <laughs> and they get married. Duh. Uh, uh, After, like, Jimmy. years. Jimmy. So, oops, incest. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know there's been some, like, cousin marriages here because it's like they're the first of their kind so it's bound to happen but yeah this is straight up brother sister no lord like that fucking Folgers commercial (laughs) too much tension there wasn't even any tension here you know Uh, Jimmy but like he was the only he was the only one she felt safe with yeah and she was with him for that long, and she didn't know who he was, and he yeah. didn't know who she was. Yeah. So some, they get married, and she becomes shit. pregnant. Oh, God. <laughs> and around this time, Glaurung has kind of stirred himself from Nargothron, and he's like, I haven't pillaged in a while. <laughs> so he sets out to where the woodsmen live. Oh, great. And word comes that, oh, my God, he's coming. This story and, arc is wild. Yeah. There is a character named Brandir. He I thought you were going to say Brandon. No, Brandir. It's like the worst normal of the names. He has like this jank leg, so he can't go to war. But he's a healer. And he used to be the leader of these people before Turin got here. And then Turin got here, did his thing where he impresses everyone. And he eventually is in charge. And like no one acknowledges Brandir anymore. Oh, dang. And so he's pissed about that. And he's also pissed that Neonor married his, uh, Turin because he had a thing for Neonor. Uh. And he's just like, ah, fucking jock taking my girl. <laughs> well, did they know? They were no siblings. one knew. Yeah, no one knew. Is but mom Turin's still alive? Like, yeah, but no one knows where she is. Okay. She got lost in the fog and no one saw her. Okay. So basically, Turin's like, everyone, abandon the village. I'm going to set out with whoever's brave to follow me. And like three guys go with him. He's like, we're going to go slay the dragon. Hmm. 
So they go to this place where the dragon is. The three guys don't last long. They fucking die. <laughs> she got some dwarves. And uh, Turin attacks uh, the dragon, stabs him with the blade, and then he passes out because because dragon blood is like, like you know poisonous? like the aliens yeah you know like the aliens in the movie alien they got that acidic blood hmm. it's poisonous and it like some of it gets on him and he just oh like, faints. <laughs> he, he faints defeats he, the dragon he and then faints right after uh but the roar glaurung lets out people are like oh my god Turin's dead. And so mm. Neonor, who's pregnant, goes <laughs> to see, and Brandir follows her. Uh, she comes across Glaurung. There she saw the dragon line, but she heeded him not, for a man lay beside him. And she ran to Turin and called, him, called his name in vain. Then finding that his hand was burned, she washed it with tears and bound it about with a strip of her raiment. Washed it with tears. And she kissed him and cried on him again to wake him. At that, Glaurung stirred for the last time ere he died, and he spoke with his last breath, saying, Hail, Neonor, daughter of Hurin, we meet again ere the end. I give thee joy that thou hast found thy brother at last. Wait, and now thou shalt know him, the dragon. What? He's, he's dying, and he's like, you fucked your brother, bitch. <laughs> These are my dying words. Yeah. Oh my god. He's a petty motherfucker. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, I give thee joy that thou hast found thy brother Shut at last, up. and now thou shalt know him, a stabber in the dark, treacherous to foes, faithless to friends, and a curse unto his kin, Turin, son of Hurin. But the worst of all his deeds thou shalt feel in thyself. Oh, no. Because you're Damn. pregnant with his baby. Damn. So he just said the worst of deeds you feel in yourself, as in the yep. unborn. Oh, yeah. my God. Jimmy. Your brain. And his spell leaves her, and she all of a sudden remembers who she is and oh, where she God. came from. And she says, Farewell, as she looks at Turin and says, Farewell, O twice beloved, master of doom by doom mastered, O happy to be dead. And then she throws herself off a cliff. No. And oh. Brandir saw all this oh. and was like, holy oh. shit, I gotta tell everyone. This is the, and he tells, he goes back to tell everyone and like no one believes him. Like, it is. Oh my god. This is drama. Jesus. And he goes back to tell everyone and they're like, hey, where is, uh, they called her Neonel because that's the name Turin yeah. gave her when he found her. But they're like, where's Neonel? And he's like, she's gone. Uh, and the dragon is dead and Turin is dead. But Listen, <laughs> they were brother and sister. Oh my god. And that's fucking whack. Oh lord. Uh, and the people like weep, but Turin Is awakes by this point and he yeah. comes to the people and he's like, hey, did he hear all what's this? What's going on? No, because oh. he was unconscious, but he, he woke gets, up. Now he gets to learn all this. Yeah, he woke up and he comes back. He's like, I killed the dragon, guys. Where's my wife? And they're like, ew. And they're like, who's going to tell him? Who's going to tell him? Yeah, he says, nay, be glad for the dragon is dead and I live. But wherefore have you scorned my counsel and come into peril? Oh, and no. where's Neonel? For I would see her. And surely you did not bring her here from home. Oh, God. 
and uh, Brandir tells him everything he knows, but oh, someone no. says, no, don't listen to him. He's crazed. He came here saying that you were dead, and he called it good tidings, but you live. And Durin gets fucking pissed, and he kills Brandir. Oh, no! After calling him Clubfoot, and, like, <laughs> making fun of him for being disabled. Wow. Turin killed him? Yeah, he, he kills Brandir. Oh, lord. And, uh, but just then, a bunch of elves come up, uh, because they had heard that uh, elves of Doriath, uh, and they heard, because they heard that Glaurung was coming to attack the woodsmen, and so Thingol's like, well, let me send help. Yeah, too and late. leading them is Mablung, and he's like, hey, what's going on? And they they tell him everything, he's like, oh my god, no, that's probably true, because... Neonor yeah. was like under a spell when last I had oh, like met no. her like years ago, and then we lost her in the woods somewhere here around here, and so Jesus uh, fucking uh, Turin basically returns to where Neonor threw herself off a cliff. Oh God! And then he draws the black blade. He about to stab himself. He says, Hail, no lord or loyalty dost thou know, save the hand that wieldeth thee. From no blood wilt thou shirk. Will thou therefore take Turin Turambar? Wilt thou slay me swiftly? And from the blade rang a cold voice in answer. Oh, God. Yea, I will drink thy blood gladly, so that I may forget the blood of Beleg, my master, and the blood yes. of Brandir slain unjustly. Ugh. I will slay thee swiftly. Then Turin set the hilts upon the ground and cast himself upon the point of the oh, sword. Jesus! And the black blade took his life. <laughs> but Maglung and the elves came and looked upon the shape of Glaurung lying dead, and upon the body of Turin, and they grieved. And when men of Brethil came thither, they learned the reasons of Turin's madness and death, and they were aghast. And Mablung said bitterly, I also have been meshed in the doom of the children of Hurin, and thus with my tidings have slain the one that I loved. Then they lifted up Turin and found that uh, the the blade is Anglicel is now called Gurthang. And they found that Gurthang had broke asunder. But elves and men gathered their great store of wood, and they made a mighty burning, and the dragon was consumed to ashes. Turin they laid in a high mound where they, where he had fallen, and the shards of Gurthang were laid beside him. And when all was done, the elves sang a lament for the children of Hurin and a great gray stone was set upon the mound, and thereon was carved in the runes of Doriath, Turin Turambar, Dagnir Glauranga. And beneath that they wrote, Nianor Nianel. But she was not there, nor was it ever known whither the cold waters of Teeglin had taken her. Lord. And that's the end. Good lord. Oh uh, what a happy tale, huh? There were so many left turns in that. It just kept going, I, doesn't it? Yes. Jesus Christ. You just don't think it could get worse. No, and, and it does. Incest. I couldn't even compute how it could get worse, and it did. Yeah, no one was no one expected the incest. <laughs> <laughs> or for it to be so blatantly incest, like that they would find out and know it was wrong. I was like, maybe it's just accidental incest, and that's like they well, just... they find out, and it's wrong. At least they feel bad about it. <laughs> to the point where one commits suicide. Wow. 
But yeah, that's the tale of Turin Turambar. Jesus. Where do you even go from there? (laughs) (laughs) Which you feel kind of bad because later we follow Tuor, son of Huor, his cousin. Yeah. Totally different story. Is it like a good story? He does. He like there's still some sadness, but he gets like a happy ending. (laughs) In that he doesn't fuck his sister and then kill himself. (laughs) Like. Like there's a there's a bright side to this. Oh my god. That was that was insane. Yeah. I think this might have been my favorite story though, because it was just wild. Because it just kept happening. It, yes. Just I was appalled the whole time. I laughed, I cried, I was distraught. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna need some alcohol after that. I'm going to send you some bell egg and tour and stuff. Yeah, I want to see what they look like. I made a little picture during the story. <gasps> Where is it? In the... Oh, the bridge? It's uh, Nargothron. Nargothron in the little river. And there's there's Glauron right I like your Glauron. Right there. And then there's a little orc party. And, oh, my um, God. He's making eyeballs at Turin up here. From across the river. Oh my god. I'm going to send you a, a, a sad tour in Bellic picture. Oh god. But yeah. That's. Yeah. And on that note, that was a lot of shit for folks to listen to. It was. Um, I, I'm glad I got... That's why I kind of... like I, I skipped over some like more like cosmetic stuff of like, oh, he found her... Like, she was trembling when they passed a certain waterfall and that from there, he's like, oh, I will name you Neonel or something that was trembling or something. <laughs> but like... Uh, yeah, that was bulky. He did a good job of telling it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> That was a lot. That was a lot. That, this uh, was an episode. It it really was. This was an episode Ooh. and a half. So many different characters we meet, and so many meet gruesome ends in this fucking story. Die. But um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening to Tolkien Tuesday. You can uh, support us over on Anchor uh, with Silly Marillion. Mm-hmm. Uh, special thanks to Ethan, who is our Ethan. Uh, executive producer. Ethan. Uh, Ethan. As well as special thanks to Wool for producing our magnificent cover art. And as well as Jack Cook for composing our opening and closing score. Jack, Jack. Uh, Please find us on Twitter and send me art of my boy, Belleg. Tori is Toriello underscore on Twitter. And I am good looking looking geek. geek. The best looking geek, Uh, if I may say so myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. I am really drained from this episode because so <laughs> much fucking happens and it's all depressing. End it there. Thanks for listening it doesn't, to our shit. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our shit. Da da da. Da da da. Oh, God. Wow. Wow.